We have found in past years that times of question and answers have been some of the most profitable times. கடந்த நாட்களிலே நம்முடைய அனுபவங்களை பார்த்தது என்னவென்றால் இவ்விதமான கேள்வி பதில் நேரங்கள் தான் மிகவும் பிரயோஜனமான நேரமாக இருந்திருக்கிறது. So uh, because there can be doubts that are not covered in different messages. பல தெளிவிலே நம்முடைய பல சத்தியங்களுக்கு தெளிவு கிடைத்திருக்காம இருக்கலாம். and much more important for the preacher when you ask a question shows that you are listening adukku mariyamaga neengal kelvi kekkumbodhu prasangyaathu eppadi adu udaviya irukkadha neengal inge solugapodina kaarigalai gavanikkireengal vilippai irukkum endrai so if nobody has a question you don't know whether everybody is sleeping or whether they've all become so spiritual and so perfect yaarume kelvi kekkavillai endral irandha nilaiyilukkalam ondru ellarume thungi vittaanga endru they have no no questions at all so one of the marks of healthy children is they ask their father questions and uh, they don't ask questions then that is an indication there's no proper development in the uh child kelvi kekkave illa irundha andha kuzhandiyude valachile naam sandhekkukuriya kaarigal irundhadha okay <clears throat> one question is how to balance one's family commitments with the demands in the ministry uriyile irukkukuriya neraya nerandukkukuriya kaarigathukkum kudumbathile ulladana nammudaiya veregalukku eppadi or samanile paduthuvathu this is very important it was not important in the old testament one of the questions i asked in the first session was why has god raised up one more group of churches when there are already hundreds of denominations and i said that is to emphasize something which is not being emphasized by the others see i always said the church is like a hospital supposing you have a hospital where you have medical department surgery orthopedics to deal with the bones and ear nose and throat and all the different hearts kidneys so many things all department department and maybe many departments on ent and medicine and surgery but say i department is missing completely ange So if you are in charge of that hospital what department will you start if you have some money even a 5 year old can answer that question so when we see christendom where people are emphasizing so many things which are good even a 5 year old can answer what should be the emphasis now 
இப்பொழுது எதற்கு நாம் முக்கியத்துவம் கொடுக்க வேண்டும் என்பதை ஒரு ஐந்து வயது பிள்ளை கூட சொல்லும் but if you don't have the wisdom of even a 5 year old 5 vayadu nalambiya or payanukku irukkum nyanam kuda namakku illai endral you can be brainwashed by the ent department saying we only have 100 ent departments we need one more ent department here thaadumukku thondai pagudi illa velai seigiravargal ummai moolai kolai seiyadhu pola seiyadhu namakku 100 pirivu irukkadhu innum oru pirivu thaadumukku thondai pagudhi dhaan aarambikka vendum endru solli viduvar ningal adhai kekkuvirgal if you don't have wisdom you will be brainwashed Now, uh, this is what is happening in a lot of Christendom today. That somebody who's got a great burden, let's say for ear, nose and throat, that's the great need in everybody's life. It's a genuine burden. We are not saying it's not important. But when God looks from heaven and he sees a hundred of this department and a hundred of that department and one department completely missing, I know what God wants to do. When I left my job, I traveled this country to and see what Christianity in India was like. I saw a lot of evangelism. I saw a lot of social work. Especially by the Roman Catholics. You can't beat them in social work. Protestant social work is not even 1% of Roman Catholic social work. It's, it's a very good job. They are doing it. Mother Teresa did a fantastic job. I don't do that because that's not my calling. I'm not against ENT department. I'm not against medical department or surgery or heart surgery or anything. I am trying to see what is the department that's missing. And if I can do that, then I do it. So I believe that is the reason why God raised up our churches. We may not be better than others. In fact, a newly started I department may not be half as good as that existing ENT department. But, but it's catering to a need which is completely not met by anybody else. And that is what Jesus said to make disciples and teach them to do every single thing I commanded you. So, tell me how many churches emphasize family life in India? You know who do it? The Roman Catholics. They've got seminars for it. Which Pentecostal church teaches on family life? Which pastor talks about sex to young people in a meeting? 
or about sex in married life to married people's meetings. You don't teach, then they get their information from the cinema. <coughs> and uh, who teaches about being free from the love of money? Or lusting with the eyes? Or numerous things that Jesus taught. It's completely missing. I watch, I watch a lot of Christian television to find out what are people preaching in India today on television. I need to know it because then only I can find out which department is missing. And it's the same department that was missing 30 years ago. So, family commitment is not an unspiritual thing. Moses, we don't know anything about his family life. He and we know he and his wife fought once. And uh, we don't know anything about the married life of Isaiah. And many of the others who were married, we don't know anything about their family life. But there was no word in the Old Testament saying, if your family life is not right, you are not fit to be a prophet. But as, soon, but as soon as you come to the New Testament, that word is there. You cannot be an elder if your family life is not right. If you can't bring up three children at home in the fear of God, how are you going to look after a church with hundred people? And you spend so many hours with these three children and still they don't grow up into the fear of God. And with one hour on Sunday you are going to bring up hundred people in a church? Impossible. Where do you read that? Not Old Testament. But since 95% of Christians, believers, live according to Old Testament, they talk about tithes. Tithes is not mentioned once in the New Testament. After the day of Pentecost. People talk them about themselves as Levites. Prosperity gospel. It's all Old Testament. Healing. Healing. Jesus and the apostles never preached one sermon on healing. Show, show me. You won't find it. There's about one verse on healing in the entire New Testament epistles and a thousand verses on holiness. But, but today we have a thousand messages on healing and one message on holiness. Have we seen that? Or have we lost the blacksmiths to sharpen the sword so we don't see these things missing? So, don't think that spending time with your family is going to uh, is like neglecting your ministry. 
நேரம் செலவு செய்கிறபடினாலே ஊழியத்திலே நீங்க ஊழியத்தை நீங்க ஒதுக்கீர்கள் அலட்சியம் பண்ணிக்கிட்டு என்ன வேண்டாம் இட்ஸ் லைக் இஃப் யூ நெக்லெக்ட் யுவர் पर्सनल டிவோஷன் வித் காட் யுவர் मिनिस्ट्री will be affected தேவனோடு உள்ள ஒரு தனி ஞான வாழ்க்கை எழுதும்போது உங்களுடைய ஊழியம் பாதிக்கப்படும் see think of this building இந்த கட்டிடத்தை நீ பாருங்க this building has got four parts இந்த கட்டிடத்தில் நான்கு பகுதிகள் உண்டு foundation அத்திவாரம் this first story இந்த முதல் தளம் second story இரண்டாவது தளம் third story மூன்றாவது தளம் third story is ministry மூன்றாவது தளம் தான் ஊழியம் now if i have a goal to build a third story naan moonavathu thalathai katta vendum endra oru lakkai veithirukkiren how can i ever do it without building these three things first indha moonru thalathai mudhalavathu katta mari eppadi naan andha thalathai katta mudiyum the person who tries to build that without anything underneath it's just building on air it will collapse kiriya ondrume illamal moonravathu maadi mattum katta vendum endra endra avan kiriya ondrum illadha nadu so look at all the people who ruin their lives it's they have not had floors underneath that's why they ruined their lives tamudi vaalkai keduthukonda anaiyai neengal paargal avargal indha muraiyai kaiyaladapadinaale thana vaalkai adithukonda so i want to protect all of you from ruining your life aagave neengal ellarum ungal vaalkai adithukolladapadinaale thana paadhukaaga virumbugiren paul said i can preach to so many people and finally be rejected by god myself aneegirukku prasangikira naan thane aagavanai pogumudiyum endru paul solugirar why did he say that because it's possible but it never happened to him because he had a something underneath his ministry so the foundation is god's perfect love for us if you don't have that foundation you cannot build anything you must be absolutely convinced that god loves you he loves you as you are He loves you when you have failed. He loves you when you have messed up your life. Because he loves you, he doesn't answer all your prayers. Which father here gives everything that his children ask to their children? God is a much better father. But which father is there who will not give what is good to their children? Every good gift comes from God. Everything evil is from the devil. But God may permit it to come sometime in our life to teach us a lesson. Because we are getting proud or some thing like that. He may allow problems in your life because you are getting proud. He allowed sickness in Paul's life because he was in danger of becoming proud. How is it Jesus never needed any sickness thorn in the flesh to humble him? He came in our flesh. He was tempted like us. But he was so radically faithful that there was there was no danger of pride in him. அவருடைய வாழ்க்கையிலே அவர் தீவிரமாக அவர் பரிசுத்தமாக இருந்தபடியாலே அங்கே சோதிக்கிற சோதிக்கப்படுவதற்கு எந்த ஆபத்தும் இல்லாத இருந்தது பால் நீடட் பட் ஹி செட் இட்ஸ் फ्रॉम द டெவல் அது பிசாஸ்னர்ஸ்ல வந்து என்ன சொல்றாரு சிக்னஸ் இஸ் डेफिनेटली फ्रॉम द டெவல் வியாதி கண்டிப்பாக பிசாஸ்னர்ஸ்ல வந்து வருது ஐ ஹேவ் நெவர் பிலீவ்ட் இன் மை லைஃப் தட் கேன்சர் ஆர் டியூபர்குலோசிஸ் ஆர் எனி சிக்னஸ் இஸ் गिवन பை காட் கேன்சரோ எலகுரிக்கு நோயோ ஒருக்காலும் தேவனிடத்துல வருகிறது நான் நம்பவே இல்லை வாழ்க்கையில் ஐ நெவர் பிலீவ்ட் இன் மை லைஃப் ஐ நெவர் பிலீவ்ட் இட் ஃபார் மை चिल्ड्रन என்னுடைய என்னுடைய வாழ்க்கையிலேயும் அப்படி நம்பவே இல்லை என்னுடைய பிள்ளையுடைய வாழ்க்
I'm not a Pentecostal, but I have faith in God as my father. And I know that I will never give cancer to my children and how can my heavenly father give it to me? But God may allow it sometimes. That's another subject. But what I want to say is, ground floor is the father's love. He loves me perfectly. And even when I can't understand certain things, he still loves me. Ground, this first floor, first story is my personal walk with God. Clear conscience, immediate confession of sin to God and man. And next, second story, my family life. If you are married, if you are not married, of course, you don't need that. But if you are mar- if you're not married, of course, your relationship with the opposite sex, that's what that represents for you. Very, it's going to be absolutely pure. And with your family life, if you are a married person, then your, the way you bring up your, the way you relate to your wife and the way you bring up your children. You, you don't have to have a spiritual wife to have a spiritual ministry. Don't ever say, my wife is not spiritual. That's got nothing to do with your ministry. You don't have to have a glorious marriage to have a glorious ministry. No. No. But you must have a glorious attitude towards your wife to have a glorious ministry. Even if she is an unconverted servant of the devil or who is 100% against you in your ministry, God will give you more grace then. Nowhere in the Bible does it say if you follow Jesus you will have a glorious marriage. But it does say that if you follow Jesus, your path will become brighter and brighter and brighter like the sunrise. Your personal life. It's like the story I heard of, I knew an elder brother in another country who had a very evil wife. But she used to go to a Pentecostal church and considered herself a believer. But she used to come home and throw things at her husband and (laughs) he had to duck his head and avoid getting hit. (laughs) Then at the end he would say to her, (laughs) but you are still the queen in my heart. He really deserved to be an elder brother, I tell you. <laughs> he didn't have a glorious marriage, but he was a glorious brother. <laughs> Some of you don't realize how lucky you are to have such a good wife. And God chose that wife for you before you ever came to the church. Some from non-Christian backgrounds. 
or some dead denomination see how she has cooperated with you in your ministry thank god for her so take time in your home spend time with your wife go for a walk with her or spend time talking together when you are in bed at night your best friend earthly friend must be your wife even if she treats you like an enemy and the second is your children that's also part of your family life if i look at your children i know what type of life you are living at home it's not how well you preach i don't mean whether your children are smart or clever or come first in the class i couldn't care less if they come last in the class but i have seen children who are well behaved they may not be able to preach anything no 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 but they respect older people they are well behaved you know what the parents are like and in addition if they have an interest in god i'm not talking about gifts sometimes in the church we emphasize gifts too much it's godliness even if they cannot preach one word that they have a hunger after god that's the most important thing that shows that you are qualified to be an elder now one more thing i want to say many children nowadays go through a difficult period between the ages of 13 to about 25 so don't get discouraged with that some children seem to go through a smoothly over that difficult period but some people go through a difficult passage that's the time where you need to be their best friend that's the time where they must know that you love them just as they are you don't love what they do but that you love them in spite of what they do we must be friends with our children we must put our arms around them and kneel down and pray with them when they are small and when they are big we must hug them and embrace them when they are small and when they are big it's sad that in indian homes we don't do it enough you know the old generation of our fathers and mothers they probably never embraced you maybe they embraced you till you were about 6 years old after that 
நம்ம <laughs> <laughs> See I remember when my children were small I was traveling I was traveling even one month after I got married And I've been traveling all these 37 years So I was traveling even when my children were small But if any of my children were taking part in some school function Uh, some sport or some school function i would always work my program around it so that i'd be there i mean that's if you're traveling if you're always at home then it doesn't matter of course some people are, if your travel is such that you can't con- change it then of course it's different but point is that they see your children see that you have a desire to be there how sad it is when i hear a 16 year old girl telling her mother mommy i don't have time to talk to you because you had no time to talk to me when i was small you were busy with your work you had your school homework and all to do when you came home you were the teacher and now if i came to you you'd say no not now now you come to me and i say no i don't want to talk to you Don't let your children say that to you one day. Now when your children are small. And when they grow up. If they come to you with a broken toy. Put aside your bible and fix it for them. You'll become friends with your children. you'll build your second story and then you can build a third story i'm not preaching what i have not practiced i don't believe i've been a perfect father and i look back i've made numerous mistakes as a father 
I had no older brother in the church to guide me here in India how to be a good father. Many times I wished I had. You have, but I didn't have one. I had to learn from trial and error. But I used to weep many times before God because I made so many mistakes. I wept before God when I punished my children in anger. I said, Lord, that's wrong. So I've spent a long, shed a lot of tears before God. I don't have the gift of some preachers to weep in public. I don't want to. Jeremiah said, I will weep in secret. He said. There is no man of God who can serve the Lord who does not weep in secret. That's how we build our families. That's how we, we weep for our families. We weep for our children. And thus we build a third story. And it will not collapse. Because it's founded on these floors underneath. So, don't think it's a waste of time. There's one memory from my children's younger days that I can never forget. One of my younger sons, it was his birthday, I don't remember, was he six or seven years old? And it was his birthday and I said, okay, I'll take you to a park today. So, he was so excited. He came back from school and uh, got all ready. Daddy was going to take him to a park. And he may get a little ice cream too. <laughs> and then, just as we were about to go out, one brother in the church came to see me. And he had his problems. I don't know from when they started and what problems they were now. <laughs> but you know, I'm the good shepherd who has to take care of the flock. <laughs> I don't want to lose my reputation as a brother who's always available for the flock to come and disturb me. <laughs> what I lacked at that time was wisdom. <laughs> but I've learned it now. So I sat and talked and talked and talked and talked and it was getting darker and darker and darker and darker. <laughs> Finally, I don't know whether the problem was solved, but he left. <laughs> it was about 8 o'clock at night. <laughs> so I went and my son is in tears. And you know how seven-year-old children are if you make them wait for three, four hours. I said, okay, I'll go out now. Said, no, I don't want to go now. 
I don't blame him. <laughs> I've seen older people get frustrated. Seven years old. So we didn't go. You know the best part of it. I thought, boy, this, my son will remember this all his life. I asked him about it the other day. <laughs> said, Dad, I don't even remember that day. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> so, it's not that I have not made mistakes. <laughs> what was my mistake? I tried to build the third floor without building the second <laughs> Ministry. Hate your father, mother, wife, children, <laughs> I didn't understand it right. But I've learned a lesson. I've learned it for myself and I've learned it to share it with you. You can keep a 20-year-old or 25-year-old son waiting like that, but not a 6-year-old. You have to tell that, brother. Brother, can I talk to you tomorrow? The world won't collapse by tomorrow, so... <laughs> so today I have to take my son... But you know, sometimes there can be a little honor-seeking also in this. Supposing I, I'd say, supposing I tell him, I've got to take my son out for a park today. And I can be afraid he'll go out and say, that Brother Zach, he doesn't want to help people in the ministry, he wants to take his son for some outing. Today I don't care if they say that. In fact, I hope they say that so that they'll do it themselves. <laughs> I have seen in 40 years how preachers have destroyed their ministry trying to be super spiritual and neglecting their home. <clears throat> I, I thank God that my children all love me and that they are following the Lord in spite of my mistakes. That's because I have wept a lot in repentance over the stupid things I did. And I have asked their forgiveness too. Everything can be overcome if you humble yourself. Even the mistakes and blunders you made in the past, God can rectify it. He can straighten out your home even if you made mistakes for 20 years. If that's not the gospel, then we have got nothing to preach to the world. The gospel is, even if you made a mess of your family life, God can do something about it now. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's old, he will not depart from it. 
So what if the family has done it all wrong for 20 years? What's the good news we can give that person? Brother, there's no hope for you. Because it says in Proverbs 22 that you train up a child the way he should go, he'll never depart from it. But then I, but I come to the New Testament and I say, Jesus said, nothing is impossible with God. So quote that verse after quoting Proverbs 22. Nothing is impossible with God if you have faith. If you don't have faith, nothing will happen. I believe many of us will see when we stand before the Lord. You got so discouraged because you made a mess in so many areas of your life. And so it remained like that till the end of your life. And at the judgment seat of Christ, you see another brother whose life was a bigger mess than yours. But he came to such a glorious end. And you say, Lord, how did he do it? How mind life was better than his? The Lord will say, He trusted me. He believed nothing is impossible for me. You didn't believe that. You said, oh God, I made a mess, nothing can happen now. You know, when we tell God, some things are impossible even with you. Then it will be impossible. Nothing is impossible. Whoever is over here, whatever condition your family is in, you can have a glorious family life. Just a few points. This is so important that I don't want to move on from here. <clears throat> Who should take the lead in correcting children, father or mother? See, this is like asking, in God's original plan, who should be earning the living in a home, father or mother? You don't have to read the Bible for that. Go and ask any villager in India, he'll tell you. It's, it's people who have studied the Bible so much and then gone away from the Bible who don't know the answer today. But everybody knows. That it's normal. God appointed the man to be the breadwinner. But what if the man is sick? Or paralyzed. Paralyzed or... What is the wife going to sit and do? She's got the ability to work and earn a living. She has to go out and earn a living. You don't need any education to understand that. Otherwise the children will starve. So there are new, or what if the husband dies? And the woman has to work and support the family. So, the man, the Bible says, fathers, discipline your children, bring them up in the fear of the Lord. But what if the father doesn't do it? That's like a dead father or a sick father. Then the mother has to do it. But the best thing is, is the father does it. But it's like in an, you know, many of you as elders, 
You ask somebody to do some job in your church. He doesn't do it. What are you going to do? You do it yourself. <coughs> I remember once years ago in the early days of this building. I went to the bank and the bathroom is dirty. I cleaned it. I am not here to say, well, somebody else is appointed here to do this. See, what the Lord spoke to me that day was, supposing in your house, in my house, that my house is not this church building, but where I live, supposing every day, two or three brothers come. By the way, this doesn't happen, but supposing they come. <laughs> I says, brother, we'd like to clean your toilets and sweep your floor and do everything for you. Of course, I'll be very grateful. This Lord was telling me this. And supposing one day they don't come, what do I do? I call them up and say, hey fellas. <laughs> no. It's, I'm supposed to do it every day. Then one day these fellas help me. I must be thankful for them. And the Lord told me something that day that changed my whole view. The Lord said, the church building is your house. Don't forget that. There are many brothers who are cleaning, 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 but one day if they don't do it, you do it yourself, that's all. You do it yourself. And you don't complain. Then I got delivered from all complaining. I thank God for those who help. Somebody doesn't want to help, we'll do whatever is not done. The same thing applies in ministry. There are numerous meetings where I have come to, where I wish somebody else would minister the word, because it is getting so heavy upon me. But there's nobody there. Lord says, you got to do it. Then I do it. And then you find God gives you grace for it. You have, you have to have that attitude towards your church. This is not somebody else's house. This is my house exactly like my own house. I'm very thankful that other people come and do something here. But that is an elder brother. See, the others may be like children. So, <clears throat> let's have faith that God can do miracles in our home. <clears throat> what is the minimum age at which we can lead our children to Christ to be born again? 
ஒருத்தான் <coughs> She was, this is 15 years ago. She was 80 years old or 75 or something. And I think she came five years later when she spoke here, she was about 80. And she said here, she said when I was five years old in Europe, I was in a meeting. and i heard a missionary from china speak god wants people in china to preach the gospel and she said i was only 5 years old and i said lord jesus i am willing to go and as i grew up i always kept this in mind when the lord spoke to me when i was 5 years old She all felt that God was saying, will you go for me? And then when she grew up to grow, go, there was a world war and she could not go to China. Then she finally was able to go to China only when she was 38 years old or something. But she went. And when she stood here, She said, I still remember 75 years ago when God spoke to me to go to China. Can God speak to a five-year-old to be a missionary? If a five-year-old said that, I would say, I'm not so sure. <laughs> If a five-year-old told me that, that God, that God spoke to her, But when the person grows up to be 80 and says it I say yes that must be true because look at her life <laughs> So it's never never too never too young from the time they are born and understand we must stay teach them to put the name of Jesus in their lips And I am not interested in getting my children to say praise the Lord and hallelujah to everybody they meet. That's, I mean, it's okay. If you want to do that, that's fine. That's good. I mean, I am more interested in teaching them to be respectful to older people. And to have a contact with Jesus. To say, if they have a problem, okay, let's tell Jesus about it. And I tell you, those children have a lot more faith than we older people. So, uh, but even though they may accept Christ, I have very often seen that it's almost like children need a second conversion when they are in their teenage years. It's not a really conversion, but a Let's call it some type of experience. 
The difference is this. When they were children, they did that because you told them to do it. But when they grow up, they question. And then they do it because they are convinced themselves. And that's very important. That's why we must, when they become 16-17 years old, they may have been born again genuinely when they were three. But we must encourage them to have their personal convictions. So, supposing your, three year, your child accepted Jesus when he was three years old. And, and always saying, Jesus loves me, this I know. Very, very good child in Sunday school. And 17 years old he says, Daddy, how do you know there is a God? He said, my boy, don't ever ask such questions. <laughs> Are you going to say that? <laughs> he has a genuine doubt and you shut him up. Help him. Say, yeah, my son. I'll tell you what I'll say. I've also had some doubts whether there's a God in heaven or not. But I thought, thought about it. And I explained to him. It's not shocking. Otherwise, you know, we encourage our children to have blind faith. Don't, don't question anything. Daddy said it. And Brother Zach also says it. <laughs> That's it. Encourage them to question. So that they have personal conviction. Otherwise, what will that unconverted student uh, ask them in college when how do you know there's a God? He says this one fellow called Brother Zach, he said <laughs> What type of answer he's going to give? We must encourage our children to have their own faith when they come grown up. And don't be surprised if they ask such questions. I used to love to argue with my children when they grew up. All types of, all types of subjects like Christmas and Easter and all these things. <laughs> Anything. Because I want them to have their own faith. This is not some story that daddy got cooked up and convinced people about. Because when they are in a difficult situation, their daddy may not be there to help them. They must have a living contact with God. So, we must encourage them to have questions. And then they come to a real connection with God. Can we allow our children to play, I mean, this is more in the cities, computer games involving violence and aggressive shooting all the planes that are coming down from the sky? 
கம்ப்யூட்டர் கேம்ல பாத்தீங்கன்னா விளையாடுவதற்கு I would never allow nowadays it's demonic some of these computer games I would never allow children to play with such things alal ippulla kaalangalile computer vilayattukal ungalai peyndam padutha vilayattukala irukirathu oru kaalamanadhai anumikkum my children were small it was innocent things like shooting planes in the sky indha plane seeru seeruva irukkumbodhu vaalukku irukkudiya oru vimanathai kududhu pole but now you know this is a demon and it's against another demon and oh boy it's evil you have to be very careful with the type of games that have become most popular nowadays books harry potter one of the most popular children's books absolutely evil bigum problemana harry potter my brother came from america once and brought a very interesting game from there some 20 30 years ago for my children no a game it was a board game very popular in america must have cost him some money to buy it and bring it for it was called dungeons and dragons it was always somebody acts like a demon in that game i looked at it and i said see please give it to somebody else i don't want it for much i mean he took all the trouble to bring it if he gets offended he gets offended but i have to protect my children so i was very careful about the type of games i allowed my children to play okay what about their reading comics on mahabharata and ramayana and scary tales mahabharata ramayana panjathandra kadhigal ivgalai vaasippadukkenna i think it's good for parents to know what their children are reading pilligal endha vidamana tharkkalai vaasikkiral madhai petrol adhigal see a lot of stories i mean we know they are not true adhai kadhigal meyyal endra nam varudhukku i remember when my children are small almost all the fairy tales had some fairy with wings and some dwarf and snow white and seven dwarfs and all these have a story they are not true in the thirupaligal kadaiyai padikkumbodhu kadaiyai varuvadhaan oru devadhai vandhu oru chitrakullar vandhan endra yeluvumana kaariyil indralam paathrom adhalam meyyalla it's it's a story you tell them listen this is not all true but it's a nice story you just read it like cinderella with a glass slipper and all that cinderella kannadi therpanithe So I these are all interesting stories if you keep children away from all this they'll be able to read nothing so read hebrews <laughs> No I didn't do that And they turned out all right even though they write about Cinderella and all these other things See we can become fanatics in this We're not in heaven yet we're still here so it's good that our children read things but we tell them 
when they are small is not true it's just a story when the children go to school they have to learn about uh, you know some hindu stories from india or how or mohammed how mohammed started islam let them read it i'll read it myself i want to know what are the, how mohammed started islam i don't have, i don't believe in it i want to read about how buddha started buddhism so i don't mind my children reading it and i say okay. so many stories there are you know about old greek mythology and all it's okay so so long as we make it clear these are stories okay another question is about how important is family prayer this is a matter of how much time you have and what your routine is and i have discovered also it depends on which part of india you live in i found it is easier to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning in chennai than in bangalore in the cold winter it's not so easy to do that in bangalore so children may be sleepy or so cold early in morning and to pull them all out of bed when they are sleepy like this and they go through family prayer at 5:30 i didn't say come on come on sing let's sing to glory to god and all that other stuff i never felt i should do that i wanted them to love jesus i never wanted i never wanted christianity them to feel christianity was a burden but something like watching a football game i always wanted in my home and in cfc to make christianity interesting I never wanted to have one boring bible study in CFC I never wanted to have one boring bible study at home CFC le bore adikkudiya oru veda paadam kuda irukkudadu adhe pole enna gurumathilayum bible study bore adikkudiya irukkudadu there's no word in scripture whether you should have family prayer or not if you can do it well well without dragging your children unwilling children do it but if your children i mean if you're just forcing them to go through a, a legalistic ritual just to ease your conscience i've been in numerous homes where this was forced upon people and um, it didn't work um another i've seen other homes where it's really worked but 
So I've seen that the reason was not the family prayer the reason was the attitude the parents had towards the children So I would say it's up to you Very often we would have time of prayer or reading something in scripture at dinner time when everybody was sitting around the table and every day whenever they went to school we would pray a half minute prayer at least before they are going to school just to recognize God the question is don't you think we should put some discipline into our children and make them get up so that they can I, I agree with that. You know, one of the things we must recognize is we are all different. And there is no standard way of doing it. It's like disciplining children. Discipline is mentioned in the scripture. But what are the forms of discipline we should do is not mentioned. You can discipline them with the rod. You can discipline them by not allowing them to play games. or keeping them at home when the others are going out many ways and each person can do it differently but the goal is our children must follow the lord the same thing with reading the bible and prayer i would say whichever way you feel if your goal is right we don't have to all do it the same way now we heard a suggestion here and that's presumably the way that brother did it and that's right i told you the way i did it and i I've always told in said in CFC don't do everything the way I did it. <clears throat> I may permit my children to do certain things which you should not. Our goal is the same. That our children must follow Jesus. They must not be legalists, they must not be Pharisees. They must not they must not be spiritually proud and they must not be worldly um so if you can discipline your children to get up every morning that is the best but don't condemn yourself if you can't do it we found it more comfortable to do it at 7 o'clock in the evening when we ate dinner 
When you read a little portion of scripture and pray, <coughs> only because I felt children would be less sleepy at that time, I wouldn't pay attention to what we're saying. But, but you, know, it's, you know, it's like some people have the habit of getting their children early in the morning, get up and have a cold water bath at 5.30, it's good. We could never do it in Bangalore. Uh, there are many factors which are different in different places. Our, the only thing we must insist that everybody must do is what's written in the scripture we must do, everybody must do. And the word of the Lord to the there's nothing in the New Testament. It just says, bring them up in the instruction and discipline of the Lord. See, I have found that when I add to that, as a suggestion, fine. If I make it a law, I become a Pharisee. The Pharisees became Pharisees by adding to what Moses said. <clears throat> so, through the years I have been very careful to stop where scripture stops. Bring up your children in the discipline of the Lord, instruction of the Lord. But beyond that, and also have family prayer every morning, I have never said that. Is it a good habit? Excellent. But I don't feel free to teach it because a lot of people take what I say very seriously. And then they feel condemned if they don't do it. So, I believe it's a very good habit. But I would never, if I, I would, I will only preach what I can clearly find in scripture. To tell you honestly, I have seen so much Phariseeism in Christendom that I was more scared of my children becoming Pharisees than committing any other sin. And I am a full-time worker. I have seen the children of full-time workers in India. Worldly or Pharisees, one of the two. And I said, I don't want either. If there's, I have to choose one, I'll choose worldliness. Now, many people don't agree with me. But I felt there's more hope for my children being saved from worldliness than from Phariseeism. There's more, more hope if they are drunkards and uh, gamblers to be saved than if they are religious Pharisees sitting in the church. So, 
I'm not saying therefore we encourage them to gamble or drink. I'm talking about my personal fear after seeing the amount of Phariseeism even in our churches. I said, Lord, I never want that myself. I never want a smell of it in my children. And when my children mingle with other people, I never want one of them to give the impression I am a spiritual man. I want them to give the impression that I have tried to give all my life. I am an ordinary brother. So, that was my goal and I saw the tremendous dangers around me. And there are many things which I felt were good. I weighed it and I said, well, I have to be careful that I don't make Pharisees out of it. And that's why many times I said in CFC, please don't bring up your children doing the things which I did for my children. Because the medicine I give them may not be the medicine your children need. I remember one brother came and told me, he says, Brother Zach, my son always says to me like this, but Brother Zach allows his children to do this. I told him, please give an answer to your son like this. Say, but I am not Brother Zach. <laughs> Simple. <laughs> See, we don't give the same medicines to our children because the disease may be different. But what is written in scripture is common for all. Bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Train up a child in the way he should go when he is old, he will not depart from it. Discipline your children while there is hope. But I have seen, as I said, so many very, very good homes where the children have become first class Pharisees. They never become spiritual in their entire life. And they, God cannot anoint them and bring others into freedom through them. Of course, some people can react against that to the other extreme and become worldly. See, I've always wanted children to long for God's word like they long for chocolates. If I can do that, I've succeeded. And I say it's not by making them get up at 5.30 and making them eat chocolates. I said they must have a love. And each of us has to do it differently. So, if you can do it that by regular family prayer, I believe that's very good. See, what the Lord told, what the, Lord told the Israelites was, talk to your children about this. 
When you get up in the morning, when you go to bed at night, when you walk on the road, when you sit in the house, or what like we would say, 24 hours a day, talk about God's word. That I believe. Many times during the day, when we were sitting, sitting together or going out, we talk about God's word. But the principles of God's word. I would encourage them to study the stories in scripture. I would get them Bible story books. Ask them questions. They would ask me questions. And I think they know the scriptures pretty well, all of them. Even though we didn't have family prayer regularly. And I think they understood the principles of scripture because we spoke about it many times during the day. But if you feel that the best way to do it is to have a time of family prayer, I've got no objection. It's excellent. So, you must do it your way. I, even though my oldest son is 36 now, I still have no regret about the way I did it. I don't say it's the perfect way, but I don't find any way written in the Bible. I did the best I knew how. So, there are situations like Paul said, I don't have a commandment from the Lord, but I'm giving my opinion. Don't condemn yourself. So, we can talk more about that.